0: With that concept, I would like us to spend time now with summertime. So we're all in the motion of relaxing, coming, going. Oh, it's a fast. Either kids are in day camp, in the mountains, wherever we should be. The concept of just feeling, being part of a whole is very important. Something that I'd like us to just spend a moment or two to focus on. I find those that can't think about the negative, those that can't feel the sadness of a negative, can't either feel the joy. If you can't be sad a moment and say, wow, we've made mistakes, I've made mistakes, what am I going to do do different? We might not be able to feel the peacefulness, the happiness, and the simcha. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And again, I'd like to thank everyone for hosting us. Harav Nissen for seeing the beauty and the potential for this program. Aaron, in this case, David over here in the studio helping us out for taking the questions and comments. And we've got a question through the text and as well through Lakewood Scoop, which I find are pretty similar. And I'd like to sort of mention this. It's now five years that I'm healed from cancer. The annual scan is coming up and I'm nervous and afraid. I know it's normal. I'm feeling a little crazy. I'm snapping and down. Then suddenly I can be out of it. Am I bipolar? So let's go ahead and take this question and take it to the concept that we are just discussing a minute or two, and that is about Yisrael, about Shavasa Batamas, about Atishabav, or about Hanukkah, or about Purim. And the concept is that it's about do you know what it's about? It's about when that time of the year comes around, the certain emotions get awoken, get coming up again and we need to recognize that feeling that is normal the more years you're out of it the easier it will pass but it's still meant to create an emotional trigger it's part of the process that's what it's supposed to be and we need to understand that so understand that i was just speaking to someone that told me that their parents they remember a month before the yard site the parent would get very stressed very angry would be very tough On the other hand, I've had someone else that said that they don't have that at all. Now, if someone is going through scans, as you're saying over here again, for cancer, it's a big emotional trigger. Understand that's normal. It's supposed to be that way. But with the years, it's going to get easier. And with Seyat HaDishmai, it will get calmer. But understand it's normal and definitely not called bipolar. It's called trauma. It's called being brought up those emotions. And that's similar to what we're having. We got a text that that came in and it came in all the way from Canada and hi Dr. Weinberger sorry not a doctor yet but uh, so far just a social worker thank you so much for your program I'm wondering if you can help me I'm in my older twenties and I'm Bar Hashem an all-around good girl but still waiting for my bashert recently I had a niece who got married and this caused me a lot of pain frustration and also jealousy the pain is not getting any easier by the mention of her name, I kind of freeze and hope someone will change the subject fast. I hardly speak to her or her mother. They never call me or show interest in my Shidduch Parsha. This causes me unbearable pain. I cry a lot about it. I feel that after all after all this, they should at least call and show interest in the Shidduch for me. When I think about this, I feel like I'm going to plots. It, I'm just so upset. Is this a normal reaction? What should I do about it? And how do I get rid of this jealousy? How do I control my frustration? Please help. So this is one of the emotions that are coming up that's difficult and painful. And what I'd like you to recognize and to understand about Shidduchim process and especially about jealousy, and this is an interesting point because it's very different of what people like hearing, very different of what people are thinking. And the thought goes as follows. The thought goes that if we are triggered by someone else, if we can now not look at that person as a person and look at that person as someone that is mirroring our issue, someone that's bringing up our pain, someone that is just looking means reflecting. Imagine like a camera, a projector, and that person is showing our feelings. So let's understand that and take that for an example. Let's assume I have a self-esteem issue, and then I have someone, Michael Russo, someone that's sitting next to me, And tells me, ah, you don't know what you're talking about. Because I have an issue, now their words are going to affect me. Their words are going to pull me down. Is it their words that's doing it? No. It's the weakness within myself that is happening. So now, if you are in your 20s, your older 20s, and you're not married yet, there might be a lot of perceptions within yourself going on saying, what's wrong with me? Is there, something, is there something wrong with me? There might be people's comments that they're shooting that's starting to affect you in whichever way, and you're starting to believe that. Unfortunately, we, when we do something for years and we're not successful, the world doesn't say it's just not Basharit, or B'an said not yet. The world has a way, or we have a way, of going into that belief system, something's wrong with me. I'm not doing something right. Couple that if we have an issue in our past, And we need things right away. We're either in the perfectionist, we're either in the codependence, we're either in the afraid of being alone, whatever it should be, the issue. But we need everything right away, otherwise we feel lost. And now years, we're dating in the older 20s. Do you know what it is, someone trying a business for 10 years? Let's assume you started dating at 18, 19, 20. And now let's make the assumption you're 28, you're 8 years in the business and you can't close the deal. Do you know what the feelings feel like? And you've rejected others, sometimes others have rejected you, and then it's a feeling... Many times what happens with the Shidduch process is you feel there's someone that might be right for you and then the other person says no. Can we imagine a business, a field where you're getting rejected year after year after year? Of course you're going to feel jealous, hurt when others are successful in that business. Then what happens is we stop blaming others. You should have been understanding us. You should be helping us. You should be helping us get married. But the point that we need to focus on is instead of blaming your sister-in-law and your niece, Focus always got to go to us now. It's much easier said than done, so I'm not talking as someone that is an expert in this, I'm talking about someone that's working on this. But this is a lifetime of work, not just a day. Oh, you got it once and you mastered it. No, it's about a constant working on something, doesn't go our way, it's the easiest to blame. There'll always be those to blame. What we want to focus on is how we are going to build the strength within us, ourselves. What can we do? Will you be going to more weddings? Will you be going over to places where people will see you? Will you be calling up Shadchanim? Will you be speaking just to Rabbanim, just saying hi or some Rebetzins, I'm over here, do you know who I am? Will you try coming into the places where there are more potential for the Shidduch to happen? What are you going to do? When you can take the power within yourself, that's when we start getting out of the blame. That's when we get, that's when we get out of the stuck position. Because remember, many times we're in the Matzav where the rabbi Shalom does not give us the power to change. People are sometimes not well. People sometimes are without a business. People sometimes have kids that aren't healthy or that aren't doing well. What we do have the power is what is in our power. What can we do? What can I do this moment? And that's something that we do have. And with Dishmayo, You should be able to find Yashiduch B'Karav. We got a couple of callers lining up. Thank you for holding. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. We're going to Bela on line one. You're on the air with Mordechai.
1: Hi.
0: Yes, you're on.
1: Um. First of all, I, I have some feedback from many weeks ago. I wanted to call in, but something was wrong with the phone line, and I couldn't. I couldn't be on your show for quite a few weeks, so I'm glad to be back. Um, I also have two questions, but I know that you try to delegate your time with everyone, so I guess I'll just talk as fast as I can and stop me whenever you need to.
0: Oh, that's going to sound <laughs> a little hard. How about, um, focus, how about we start instead of history or anything, just tell me your question.
1: Okay, um, two different questions. One is about my daughter. She's 17. Um, she's in camp. She wrote to me a very cute letter that she's struggling with two friends. Um, One is she somehow can't be with them together, like when she gets one, the other one goes away, and when she goes with the other one, the other one goes away, Um, and she's like feeling sorry for one and then sorry for the other one, and it's interesting that I noticed that this was a repeat. She had this a few years ago in school. Um, and she's aware of it and we spoke about you know, sticking up for herself and not worrying about other people's feelings and being healthy within herself so she attracts them in their way and we spoke about it a little, um, she understood but I'm just thinking let's, if you have a tip or So what's so, your question? Let's, let's my hear question the is question. what I should tell her now.
0: Well, I, I want you to clarify the question I hear your question clearly, I want you to hear it clearly. What is your question?
1: Um, My question is that if she feels she she has some discomfort socially, which is mild, um, because she has good friends and she's well-liked, she phrased it in a way of saying that she cannot be with two friends together that are very different, and she's feeling insecure of what they're each thinking about her. Um, My question is how I can guide her.
0: So you want all this al at like one foot? Um, I just need you to hear the question. Your question is how can I... Now, I can give you some tools and we Mm -hmm. can start the guidance process. I just like clarifying the question and the tools that we'll do. We're not giving your daughter all the tools, all the skills. Also, you've mentioned 17 years old which mm-hmm. is also a pretty adult age already. Yeah, yeah. So I want you just to realize that it makes it harder. If you told me your daughter was seven years old, the tools mm-hmm. are simpler.
1: I wouldn't so- be able to ask, right?
0: <laughs> oh, you're right. But let's say you're say nine years old.
1: You know what? As you're talking, I think my question is why this is happening.
0: Oh, it's very simple. And since my style is, I like when the clients come up with their answers. Why do you think it's happening?
1: I think she's maybe insecure of what other people are thinking about her.
0: Exactly. And now let's take how this insecurity can be played all over. Since she is insecure, she needs two opposite friends to be good with her at the same time. Is that Uh possible? Very. No, is it possible to have that? Is it possible to have two opposite natures, friends, be her best friend at the same time?
1: It sounds like from your question that you want to hear a no, but I'm I can asking see it happening. no, tell
0: me yes. Is it possible? Can you I, have do you I have two so. best friends opposite natures talking to you at the same time?
1: I think so. If you're comfortable with both of them it could work.
0: Okay, so you feel it's possible. So do you have two opposite friends, one a loud friend, where you spend like quiet time and you talk about different stuff and then you have a loud friend. And you can speak to both of them, all three of you are at the same time talking? two different natures, those two aren't friends, and you're the connector, and all three of you are together?
1: I imagine it can't be constant.
0: Okay, so if not constant, so we're talking about constant of 90% of the time it can be, do you think it could be 80%? Shoot a percentage number that you think it's realistic to have two opposite friends that you have, that they should all be together, all three of you. Maybe 50. 50%, good. So let's go with your numbers, because it's not about me over here. It's all about you. So mm-hmm. that means your daughter is set up to feel like a failure 50% of the time. I hear you. Do you see that? Mhm. Do you see how she can feel when she's trying to do that? Mhm. What do you think would be the solution to suggest to your daughter? She
1: has that separate time with each of them.
0: That's a great idea.
1: I think rather she should feel comfortable with herself, and then everything will fall into place. Like what's the difference? How how
0: about we give her both suggestions? Now, let me ask you: What do you think we can do to help your daughter get comfortable with herself?
1: Not worry about what they're feeling. And how can we
0: tell her not to worry about what what they're feeling? She knows she shouldn't worry about what they're feeling. What do you think you can do for her, or suggest to her that she shouldn't worry about what they're feeling?
1: I'm wondering.
0: Yeah, let's think a second.
1: I don't know. I think it could take her years, just to re, just to keep telling herself that she's okay.
0: Okay. No. Let me give some suggestions how we can help people feeling good about ourselves. Number one, we need oh, to imagine if we are alone mm-hmm. on an island. There's absolutely no one there. What would keep me so interested that I'd be interested in myself? That is, do I have hobbies? What happens many times are that people get stuck in the world of what the world is saying. And we don't know who we are. What is the feeling about ourselves?
1: I guess So
0: let me give you several suggestions. Number one, you'd like to start talking to your daughter and asking, what are things that you like? What are things that make you happy? Question number one. Number two, I'm very, very pro for this idea, and that is give me 10 positives or 20 positives about yourself. You're smart. You have personality. That's number two. Number three, schedule time alone when no one is around so this way you can be happy with yourself. And when Uh you're comfortable with yourself, it's easy with, it's easier. Number four, practice having someone and that you can practice with her. It's got to be role played where someone will say, oh, I don't like you. or if you don't do this, I won't be your friend and actually say, well, then, okay, well, right now I'm doing what I need to do. We need to actually practice with our kids role play, how to be assertive, how to be an individual, how not to get caught up into people's worlds hmm. So these are several tips that I'd recommend how to start her process, as well as I believe that we need to work on this 50 percent time that she would feel that if she can have all three, all two friends together with her, which is in my term, a lot codependence, mm-hmm. codependence means I am only happy when everyone around me is happy. And for her, sometimes the secret underlying issue of codependence is control. That means mm-hmm. I need to control my friends to be around me. These two opposite friends must be friends together, or I am not happy. And that is, a that is again, an issue of self-esteem that we need to get ourselves. How can we be happy if our friends aren't happy at all? So thank you, Pessy, for that. i um, sorry, Bela, for that question. And we are now going to go to Pessy on, on, line, on line two. Pessi, you're on there with Mordechai.
2: Yes, hi. Thank you so much. First of all, um, I want to thank you, and I think it's a you know, there's awareness uh, of uh, mental health in the uh, Jewish communities, where there's, you know, so much stigmatism for, you know, uh, mental health and... Uh, Okay, I would it's it's ask it's you, spotlight. I don't know what is going on.
0: Um, I would just put you on hold, Pessy, or is this something you can do with your phone that when you're talking we're getting like clicks, like dials, like a like a it Is that uh, it? It's okay, yeah. It was just the buttons. We're hearing. we're hearing the dial being pressed.
3: I'm not
2: pressing any buttons.
0: Well okay, so go ahead. Okay.
2: Now we hear <laughs> there you is, much clearer also. To say by thank the way.
4: You. Yeah.
2: And second of all, I have a question. Go ahead. So Okay, so it's about my nephew. Um, He's 10 years old. And for, like, for already a few years, we've always seen patterns of, like, you know, he always finds stuff. Um, He always finds stuff? Yeah, like, um, I guess he gets them from places. Um, He, I don't want to use the word steals, but... You know, he Things finds stuff up without permission. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess also, like, especially from our house, I guess he feels like, it. you know, it's his family, whatever, so he doesn't feel so bad. And um, how can we? How can I help him, and how can I understand it also?
0: Well, let's start with the awareness, with the understanding, and let's understand, let's then go to some um, application. Some applications. I'll
2: tell you what, also, like, like, I, I feel, I feel bad even asking him, like, that he shouldn't think that I'm, you know, like, and I'll say, well, why do you think it's me? But I know it's him. You know what I mean? Like, how do, you know it's how him? do I even ask him? How
0: do you know it's like, him? Like, my
2: sister, my sister was here. Um, I thought Wait, hello,
0: there we go again. Just so you to be aware, we've had to dial again twice. It's, it's. I don't
2: know. It's not me. I mean, okay. I'm not pressing anything.
0: And we don't have a phone over here to... Yeah, we don't have any phone buttons over here to press. Okay. Let's, let's leave it like that. Let's just go ahead and then just take the question, and we will address it, okay? So, okay. All right. So what the question is as follows. Stealing. Does it exist by children? And the answer is, of course it exists. What do we do about it? And let's understand why it happens. What happens is if we look at children, three-year-olds, two-year-olds, everything is mine. They want something, mine. And they grab it. It is theirs. It's not theirs. We grab. As we get older, we start learning yours and mine. This isn't mine. This is yours. And then this is mine. This is not yours. You can't take it. But what happens is we still have that child nature that we want. So here is where Chinuch comes in, where we teach children. So it's appropriate age for kids, four, five, six, even seven, to take things sometimes from a friend, from a sibling, from parents, from a school, and to steal. And I don't call it stealing because it's part of the Chinuch growth process. And that means that we're teaching them yours, mine, we're teaching the boundary. Now, since children are still children, when they have a huge need, they have a huge want... Their logic flies out the window, and now their need, their behavior kicks in, their natural instincts, and they take it. Now when we catch them, if they're going to say, yes, I took it, many times parents yell and scream, and they're not using it as a chinuch opportunity, then the kid says, if I tell you, yes, I took it, I'm going to get yelled, I'm going to get in bigger pain or punished than I've done till now, so what we do is now we want to survive, and we get older, so we learn to lie. That is why we lie. People only lie when they are afraid. People only lie when they are too weak to tell the truth. This is a normal process. So now when your brother, sibling, nephew, whoever this should be, child, is stealing at 10 years old, what it is telling us is that this kid has a deficiency, means they have a need, and they don't feel their need is being met. Children from a healthy background, or when we do the chinuch information, what we're able to do is we're able to educate them. How do you feel if someone takes something away from you? Why did you have a need to take it? Let's practice asking. Let's practice earning it. You can do better at marks. You can ask for things, but learn to ask. And part of the chinuch education process is also teaching a kid no. You can do everything right, and we still might not get it all the time. But it has to be a balance. Not where we said, Oh, Mordechai Weimerger just said you could say no, so never give it to a kid. No. If we tell a kid consistently no kids will persevere, the brain will persevere, and unfortunately, kids will then go around to stealing. What we need to do is we need to learn the healthy balance of speaking to this kid. Why are you taking things? What are things that you want that you don't have? Why do you feel if you would ask us for something, it's not happening? That's where the communication comes in. So I would ask you now, what's going on with your family? Has anyone ever discussed that with him? Hold on, don't answer that. And to the next step, when you said, is if you're going to confront him and ask him, did you steal or did you take it, you're afraid of hurting him or he'll deny it. As a sister, it might not be your job. This is a job for your parents where it's a chinuch time. You sit down, you go for a walk, you discuss the concept. You discuss when someone loses something. You discuss how do they feel if they lose anything. You discuss, do you ever take anything? You discuss other things that you want. You don't just go right into it. You stole, give it back, you ever steal again, and that will punish you. I guarantee you the kid is going to shut down.
2: So, I'll, I'll tell you what. I I live by his grandparents. I'm his aunt. Yeah. So, I'll, I I mean, I obviously never spoke... I mean, but like, I never told her I never asked him or anything. But let's say this week, actually, I had an incident where my watch disappeared. It's a pretty expensive watch. And it's... I always put it in one spot and it wasn't there so i mean i didn't straight away think obviously but looking for it everywhere couldn't find it so i asked him if he saw it is that a wrong thing to do to ask him if he saw it i would do
0: something else <laughs> <And> then- <laughs> why are you assuming because your thing is missing do you know he steals in other places <laughs>
2: I know he does. Yeah, I know he does. Like let's say my niece my niece said one. She's uh, Okay, let's she, stop. Pessie, his, let's his stop a second here. I mean, she's like, hold on. She's like my ne my brother, yeah. is so my brother is so lucky, he always finds stuff. Like he finds okay, cameras Pessie, and he's like, So finds let's go ahead and
0: understand him. what's going on over here. You have a nephew that has issues that's got that he always finds stuff as you call it. And for that reason, yeah. what we need to do is we need to be able to have the parents deal with it. This is something you need to send the parents if you'd like. You can have them listen to the segment of the program. You can hear it from the jrootradio.com. Hello. You can hear it on my phone line of 718-298-2011. But one thing we need to realize is that you as an aunt, it's not, you're not the first step where it should be dealt with. It should be going to other places.
2: Oh, but can I ask you
0: something? Um, hold on. I, I really see. would okay, appreciate, so Pessie. We got a lot more people like- on the line, and I feel it's time to now go ahead and take some other callers. So thank you for that. Can we go to line three now, to Chaim on line three? Thank you for holding this long. Chaim, you're on the air with Mordechai.
4: Hi, Mordechai. Um, first of all, I really love your show. Thank you. And... Yeah, I got I have a, a, a neighbor's question. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um my next door neighbor is they're very nice people and we're very close to them. The one problem is and they're they're clown people, they're always busy with other people and they're always on the phone. And they have a one little boy they have a little boy that um is very wild and he hurts and he hurts my kids and he messes up their games. And we really feel that, you know, his parents are on the phone 24-7, that it would help if they were giving him some attention, but that's not really our business. However, um, our kids hate him, hate this little boy, and there's just a lot of fighting going on between the two of them. So my question is, what's our role as a neighbor? Do we have to, what do we tell our kids, or, or should we speak to them? Like, we don't know what to do.
0: Just for an idea for my concepts, how old, are you, how old is your kid that is fighting with his neighbor or that's being triggered?
4: Six. My kid, the, the one that, that hates him the most is six.
0: Six. So, again, we're going to go back to the first concept that we even discussed at the beginning of this program, and that is about projection. What we want to be able to teach our children is as follows. There are kids that have pain. There are adults that are pained. And we need to learn to respect everyone, means there is a place for everyone. We also need to learn to respect ourselves and not interact with those people unless it's now your chesed time. Because unfortunately, when we interact with people that are not healthy or with a lot of pain, it does rub off. And we need to recognize that. So this is an opportunity now to teach your kid the first step in forever, the first step in his future. And what we start doing is we start identifying first how your son gets triggered or pained by what's happening. So it might be this kid fights. We're playing a game. All of a sudden, he runs in and he fights. Now you could start Mm -hmm. teaching him healthy assertiveness. means little kids would start fighting back. You're not playing. You're not there. And we could start teaching to say, we're not fighting back. We're just changing locations. We will not continue. We'll wait for you to leave. You might be able to then teach this kid or your son to go over maybe with two other kids and tell this kid, And again, it's hard for a six-year-old to say, if you want to play, we play differently. You might want to be there and supervise several times. Have you or your wife be there to supervise and to tell the child, you know, this is how we're going to play. Let's play nicely. And if the kid gets wild, we stop the game. If you take a minute break of a game while a kid is acting wild, the person will stop or will leave. But the goal is that we need to make sure your kids and the other kids are healthy. Don't get into that cycle of violence, which is, oh, you're such an idiot because, you know, we're not playing now. You have to hit all the time. If we let kids heighten and continue this kid game, the kid responses, it will just continue. And as we all know in our lives, there are those people that are very unhealthy. But to one person, they know, oh, you don't mess with this person. And I've once heard a saying from someone, and the person goes as follows. The person sort of said, Mishiga is when you take your head and you bang your head in your wall, in the wall. It's not when you take Yenem's head and bang it in the wall, which means mm-hmm. these kids do know boundary. If there is no one supervising it, then there's more room for their unhealthiness to educate other kids in the unhealthiness. So what we want to do is you want to start having an adult around, You want to start having that process over there. You want to start educating your kid about how will you stay calm, what can you do, and have a contingency backup plan when this kid messes the game. You also might want to speak to this kid, maybe with your son, ahead of time saying, hey, how can we play? Again, when you're supervising it, when he comes in, you'll tell everyone, this is the speech we're giving everyone. We have to play nicely, you have to wait your turn. If you don't, we stop the game for a minute till everything is put into place. And again, you want to start teaching your son healthy assertiveness. What can he do to stay calm when they are around such people? What can he do to change? And many times kids will say, I don't want to play, change games because of that. But that's what we start teaching. We don't have power over others, we do have a power over ourselves.
4: Mm. Make sense? Yes. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Chaim, for calling in. Greatly appreciated. We're going to go. For, first of all, for those of you calling in or tuning in, listening in now, You're listening to your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker. We are here on JRotRadio.com. We're live on FNW. We've got the Lakewood Scoop um, where you can do that. So it's greatly appreciated, everyone. And, of course, Radio and Nissen, Aaron, and David over here today taking care of the technical stuff. Before we go to Mike... Um, also, for those that would like to call the number is 718-683-5858 That's 718-683-5858, I would like to take one question, because I do feel it's a little different, and I feel it's important. And it goes, well, where are you? Um, here. For the past few weeks, I've been really tired, have no energy, and really don't feel well. My doctor says it's depression and wants me to take medication. I'm nervous. that it's really something else. Do you think it could be depression and is medication the first step? So I first need you to understand a concept that we have and that is we need to know our place. If a doctor prescribes medication, I am not in the position, I'm not legally allowed to tell a doctor something other than they did. There's a chain of command, I am below the doctor's chain of command. What I can do is, as an evaluation, as a licensed therapist, I am allowed to do an evaluation... And I am allowed to also inform the doctor of my opinion of what I think is going on. But then again, about medication, the doctor has the ultimate authority. And I should say the ultimate real authority is the client. But the doctor is that one, and whatever the doctor says, I need to respect that. So without knowing your questions, first step one is that, yes, medication is something you should very strongly consider and do because the doctor said that. Now, it's your choice to get more educated, to speak to the doctor, why am I depressed? Maybe the doctor will say, look, these are all the signs, but it's not a psychiatrist, so they don't want to sit with you. Maybe they'll refer you to a therapist, which will explain to you and show you that you're not just depressed a couple of weeks, you're depressed a couple of years. You're just seeing it now more severe at this time. You might have had anxiety for many years, just now it's debilitating that you're not able to get up or you're not able to function. You asked me now my opinion, is medication the first step? And my opinion is absolutely not. I'm a huge believer that, I shouldn't say absolutely not, absolutely means there are no times that it isn't. There are times that medication is the first step. I see a client, I go, no, no, no. First, we're getting you on medication. We need a doctor to do that. We're going to do a couple of weeks of maintenance to make sure the medication is kicking in and working out and we don't see any side effects, which hopefully with most of the time we're able to do that with siato Dishmay, I should say. And after that, once the medication is kicking in, once the brain is able to listen, to hear, to function, now we can start doing therapy. So I believe that for depression, therapy, and there are huge statistics how therapy is successful with that. There are cases that need medication and huge statistics that medication helps for depression alone without therapy. And then you even have more studies that show medication together with therapy how much how well it helps. But to ask me a question like this, is medication the first step It might just be very well needed, the first step in your case, since I haven't seen you, and since your doctor has, I tend to trust and to listen to doctors. However, if you're questioning it, I would recommend that you speak to your doctor and ask for a therapist that the doctor works with, and this way you guys will feel comfortable and work out together. Thank you for your question. We are now going to Mike. Mike on Line 5. Thank you for holding. You're on the air with Mordechai
5: yeah so um, it's kind of funny. One of your previous callers actually kind of uh, clarified what I wanted to ask so i'm I'm married I have a couple kids my wife and i uh both work in uh in um and basically i i i kind of you know basically what I'm wondering is that like every normal couple uh every day i could i do something to upset my wife you know uh you know, to give you an example, you know, we're both supposed to well, this is I guess a very good example. We're both supposed to be on a diet. Uh we're we're both a little bit overweight, nothing gross, but so we decided we're on this diet and so it, it could happen like, like yesterday, I cheated on the diet. Uh you know, I, I went I went uh, I got pizza, whatever it was, uh I knew it was a fast day today. So so now I'm in a situation my wife never asked me if I cheated on a diet and I'm just wondering, you know, something like that, like is it something like this, like, is it appropriate to tell her? Uh, and it's also possible that she doesn't want to know. That, you know, is she just, you know, because it upsets her. And, and that's really the feeling I got. And um, I'm just wondering, you know, honesty in marriage. You know, what, you know, if you could give more, maybe, like, borders. Like, what is it appropriate to keep Mike, these here? let yourself? me ask
0: you a question. Are you everywhere, yeah. in, are you in every other area in your marriage so honest with every word?
5: Well, you know, I... No, no, of course not. Uh, um, you know, you know, but, you know, it could also be the other way around. You know, let's say she asks me, uh, you know, did you cheat on your diet yesterday? And so, as you mentioned, you know, and, and I don't think either of us are abusive. As you mentioned, I could say no. And, 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 and you know, that's lying out of a place of weakness. And, and nothing would happen if I said yes, except for that I'd be uncomfortable. Um, so
0: what's your issue?
5: So, so, but, so both cases. Should I have volunteered that information? And let's say she asks me. Mike, and I'm going to ask you a and question. And don't
0: take this personal yeah. in any way. Okay. Um, have you ever heard of the word OCD? Yes, of course. What is that?
5: Uh, uh, obsessive compulsive disorder.
0: Right. Well, how does that work? I, I don't know. All right. Basically what happens is with that now I'm not diagnosing you with that I'm just giving an awareness about because we're all somewhere on a certain spectrum on a certain spectrum of something. And okay. basically there's normal interactions where people say yes, people say no, people have like those little white lies and we got to work on ourselves not to do that. But that's okay. part of the process and we got to be comfortable having that. We also got to be comfortable owning up to it. To me, you're asking something which is um, pretty pretty normal for a person to either tell the wife or not to tell the wife and move on. Why is this a question?
5: Aha. Uh-huh.
0: Do you okay. find in other places you're trying to be exact? You're trying to make it work?
5: Um, you know, I... I, I, I um I, I don't know you know what I, I, I wasn't I don't think I was like necessarily um, big big obsessive about this question and, and, and um, I actually you know, there are some places where I do try to be very exacting yeah uh, like uh, it, it, uh, yes yes I I, it, I would say that yeah uh, and
0: do you find that when you're trying to be exacting it takes over your mind and you think about it a lot. Like you're thinking about it two days later, you know. When I did that, I really sh- should have said something else, or it wasn't completely the way I said it. The person might not have understood it exactly the way I meant it.
5: Um, I I I think uh, the person might. I, you know, I, I kind of felt like. Um, well, I I don't I don't know. I I mean this this you know this example. I, I don't know if it's completely true. I don't need completely
0: true. Do well, you think sometimes eighty percent? Do you think sometimes two days later, yeah. about you know, I really does it bother you sometimes? Do does it come to Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur time and you're thinking about all those lies or those not truths that you said, and it disturbs you sometimes?
5: I don't think so. I I I I lying is not something that disturbs me. I, you know what? the truth is, honesty. You, you you I think is much more. I'm saying I'm, not, I'm saying honesty as it comes to money. Is something that I'm a little bit obsessive about, uh, but I don't. I don't think lying. I, I that that for sure. I, uh, if you, if you, you know, I've never heard anyone say this to me. But if you, if you want to go into that example, I I had bought uh, I had bought something at a store. Uh, well, okay, i bought I'd bought a shawarma, and they had they they um, they offered you you know a salad bar afterwards, which I took, and and then the next day I went in. And I, I paid them an extra dollar uh, because I felt like I had taken too much salad. So I, I guess in that situation, I, I guess I, I do worry if I owe somebody a nickel or a quarter. I do worry about that. I guess you would say, I guess people would say, more than normal. Um, but I, I never actually considered that OCD. Um, I just thought I was very honest. I, and in fact, I, I'm right now sitting in my employer's car, and, and I wanted to wonder a little bit: Well, am I stealing? Uh, you know, because there, there's definitely a purpose for me to be here, but maybe, but, but, uh, so, so, so I don't know if you consider that OCP or not.
0: So I would never diagnose over the okay. phone in a question like that. What I would just create the awareness for you is just to realize that the brain is not meant to think in such exact terms. And when you have that, when we don't have room for the gray area, life gets very stressful. And the older we get, the more responsibilities we have. And then the more great areas there will be, the less perfect we will do things. So if someone has one job to do, and I use the word perfect because that's one of those keywords that I like buzzing around for awareness, the perfectionist issue, we can do pretty good, let's call it 90% job. Then when you got to do two jobs, the excellence in the job will probably go down to 80%. Then when you got to do five jobs, which is working, being married, having kids, learning, Trying to, you know, getting to davening, not to talk by davening, making it to minion and to get there on time. All these, you start having all these thoughts going on, our success rate will go down to 60%, and 60% is huge. If we do many tasks today at a 60% level, in my opinion, it's huge. But if someone has a touch of exacting, call it OCD, call it perfectionist, which sounds like you're along those lines, and it's like borderline. I don't want to diagnose over the phone, but it could be heading in that direction.
5: Well, so I've I've been to therapists. Um, I spe- you know and no, nobody ever uh, diagnosed me with being uh, OCD. Okay. Uh, what but, you did know, a
0: therapist I, say? Uh,
5: I, well, I, I've been to therapists more for for uh, for for other issues that are that are not worth uh, uh, discussing on the phone. Uh, but uh, I'm surprised I you
0: know, didn't pick it up. Because this is something I would explore. I'm not saying there are other issues. All I'm just saying is that it's something that needs to be explored with a therapist that will do the full diagnostic questioning just to know if it's along the perfectionist side. It could be anxiety. It doesn't have to be OCD. It could also be anxiety. It could be in several areas, and I just don't want to diagnose over the phone. I just want you to be aware that your way of thinking, it can be easier. There can be peace. Because right now, there isn't any peace with this exacting thinking. And you'll uh-huh. always have a question can I tell my wife this then with my boss and then it might transfer from money to another area just be aware there is help
5: uh-huh okay uh you know, but thank you I, you know uh uh i okay i appreciate uh uh the tips and, yeah um, thank you Mike. <laughs> okay have a good day
0: I appreciate the bravery to call and thank you. All right, we are going to go to Rachel, rachel Online 1, you're on there with Mordechai. Hello? Yes. Hi. Okay, um, uh, I have a question. Um, my
6: daughter is 5 years old, and um, I think she's a little bit sensitive. You know, let okay, me just I hold you
0: back to... a second. When we ever have the parenting issues of questions under 10, I guess I haven't announced it, 9 today, I haven't announced it, um, Chances are my response is going to be your kid is normal, and you just are skill-based that's missing. And usually parenting classes are like between 4 and 8 and even 12 sessions because each one is a skill-based. They teach you step 1, then you go to step 2, then you go to step 3. So at step 8, you now have all the qualifications. So I'll let you finish the question. Just be aware if I say that it's not chas v'shalom attacking your parenting skills. It's just saying it's age-appropriate, and we want to just update some more tools for this situation.
6: Go ahead, yes, I, I, am sure it's age appropriate. Um, I just, I want to know like how I should deal with the situation. So, um, it's, so uh, it's let's be like aware. This, if uh, it's
0: age appropriate, then I don't have enough time or the skill or the ability to give the the to give you the information of the eight sessions in about let's say you know three minutes. So my real recommendation uh, is. Get a, you know, find a parenting course just for the skills base. So any other question I really answer where I can start giving an awareness. But most of the time when it's parenting questions, it's like I got to give four or five bits of information ahead of time. It's got to be practiced before we can do that. So You don't don't even
7: want to hear the question?
0: You can tell me the question. Then then let's keep it short because I'd like to go to the callers.
6: Okay, sure. Okay, fine. Um basically, like when we get together with like family members, um they usually pick on her and she starts whining and crying, and you know, like they, it, I feel like they're bullying her and and um and to the adults, it seems as though she's just like very spoiled, but like you know people they don't they don't see like what's really going on, like let's say like all the kids are are having a sharpest party, and they're excluding her in particular, saying like she's not gonna know about it. And they're just
0: making her feel very bad, and she knows something is going on. All right, and let's hold on. We've heard already way too much, so let me just make it short. Okay. You've mentioned several points that are your issue. Is this your oldest kid, by the way? Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, you are. How many children do you have under her?
2: One more.
0: Okay. You are taking everything as we all do in beginners, very, very seriously, and very worried. Your kid is a okay your kid will be able to survive this, and much more. And when you will be taking those parenting classes, they will teach you how to be okay with the difficulties your children will be going through. They will be giving you the tools how to strengthen your child, and believe it or not, part of it will be by you not taking care of her that much, which means the only way we fight how the antibiotics work or or sort of the inoculations that we do with the children is by putting a little bit of the vaccines by putting a little bit of the infection in, and then our body can fight it. Part what you're going to be learning during the parenting classes is it's healthy what your daughter is going through. She needs that to survive in life. and we want you to be comfortable with that to feel safe and we want you to learn the skills how to help her through that process. So Do thank
6: you. I Could you recommend a parenting class?
0: I don't do that as of now. My goal for August is to put together again my parenting course and I we'll be able to offer it because people are asking a lot about that. But I just want you to know it's real and we want you to have your kids equipped. It's real. I mean, it's a healthy question and we need our, our children to have that. And we need our children to learn to be able to defend themselves. We need our children to be able to learn to say, this is not good. We need our children to be able to say, I don't want to go to this place because they don't have, they don't treat me well, but I have other places that will treat me well. There's all this and we need the parent most importantly to be calm and not to worry that now my kid is being bullied and this is called bullying. It's not. There's to be the criteria of bullying is got to be a lot more than just normal age appropriate or a kid that's quiet and another kid is loud and then we call that bullying. Bullying is when we don't have the tools when we're being picked I mean I say it's a lot more it's close to bullying but it's not bullying. This is what this is what kids do. This is what adults do when we're at work. And you want something. Someone else wants something else, and they're more aggressive. Just because they're aggressive does not make it bullying. Just because we don't have the self-esteem to defend ourselves. No, it's, it's not, that's not what
6: takes place. It's not that they want the same thing. It's that they completely, completely. I'll tell you. Them I would like to move so on, Russell. I
0: appreciate it. it. It's just this is really a question that it's skills based. All right, so thank you for that, okay, and I know exactly what you're yeah. saying. That's why we usually don't even listen to the question, or I listen to the question just out of respect, but I don't go into any answer. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. We, all thank right, you. appreciate it, and I'm sorry. So for those of you calling in, um, the the number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858, and we have FEGA online, too. FEGA, you're on the air with Mordechai.
8: Hi. First, I want to thank you for your show. I listen to the and I enjoy it very much.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
8: Okay. I have a problem that I blush a lot when I'm talking to people. I want to know if you can help me identify why it happens and if you have some tools, how to work it out.
0: Sure. Thank you. It's really brave of you to call in. Can I ask you roughly how old you are? Sixteen. Excellent. So first, let's understand that in around those teenage years that you're going through, which is a lot of kids also have it younger, but especially at those ages, we are aware. That means we start hearing, we start having our presence. We start noticing people around us. We start noticing mistakes that we do. We start noticing mistakes others do, and therefore we think others do the same to us. Which means when we blush, it's the body's natural system to say, I am embarrassed, to say, I've made a mistake. It's a natural system. Now, what we want to teach the system is how to get comfortable to feel secure and safe, then we don't have to blush. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what do you think would be a suggestion how you can stop blushing? If you understand it's a natural system when you make a mistake. Usually, it's by doing it over and over and over. So the first time you make a mistake, how do you feel? Let's put it this way. The first time you get a 30 on the test, how do you feel?
4: Mm, a loser.
0: Okay. What about the 30th time that you got a 30 on the test? It's
8: more okay.
0: That's right. So what happens is people that have, let's say, a social phobia, people that are afraid of speaking in public, what I find is that they're, never, they're really not afraid. It's just they haven't done the same principles that they do, the same way we learn to walk, the same way we learn to read. We're just not applying those principles to speaking publicly or to blushing. And that is, if you fall a thousand times, you're going to be able to walk. If you take tests, if you practice, you'll do well. If you speak several times and you know you'll blush, you'll see that the tenth time you won't blush. That's one step. That was one suggestion now let's go to the next suggestion when you blush uh, is it that there are people there that you are afraid that if you make a mistake they won't like you or they won't look at you not really not really good so then that's not over there is it when you speak your heart is pounding what happens if you will make a mistake that you'll lose stature, status or stature
8: maybe
0: maybe And that's what we would like to be able to have you do. What? What we want to be able to let you do is to relax and to calm down. We want to let you be comfortable with making mistakes and knowing that people will like you and people will respect you anyhow. What do you think you can do for that to happen?
1: To Feel comfortable?
0: What will help you feel comfortable that you can make mistakes and you will still have status by other people? It's okay to make mistakes. What will teach you that it's safe to make mistakes? I don't know. Think. You called in. We're making you work. First of all, the when I do with my clients, you sound an old weak. Give me a stronger answer. Get stronger. All right, Fega. Thank you for calling in. I appreciate the bravery. And basically what I would say we got to work on a little bit more is over here self-esteem. To be comfortable making mistakes for people, to, for people to have issues, for not being perfect, for not being okay. And knowing that we like ourselves. Once we like ourselves, then it's so much easier. The number to call in with your question or comment is 718-683-5858. That's 718-683-5858. And we're looking to take some callers. We've got some openings now for callers. And we're going to take some texts as messages as well. So the number, um, let's go ahead and take a question from the Lakewood Scoop. The question from the Lakewood Scoop is as follows. Vitamins versus Medication says, Why are therapists so focused on the past? Why do they recommend medication over vitamins? Don't they see the need for healing the core and feelings? Why talk, talk, talk? And I'm in therapy for four months, and it's not moving too much. A similar question we have over here is, I started therapy a few weeks ago. I had to talk a lot about my past and about my parents. When I got home, I felt like a hypocrite and also aware of every nitty-gritty and every nitty-gritty thing. What do you have to say about that? And that is that therapy by talking is actually meant to heal the core. We are meant to go into the past. We are meant to, Id- to help you identify. It's not about us. It's about you identifying what is going on. Unfortunately, many times people come in in a denial. And we got to let the sessions unfold. One session after another, after another. And also the person says, oh, now I realize this problem that I have. And they go, why didn't we deal with it right away? And the answer is because we couldn't deal with that. It's not the therapist's job to tell you your problem. It's to help you recognize, identify, go one step at a time the way, where you, where it's supposed to be. Um, one other thing that I'd like to mention over here is that you sort of asking about medication and vitamins. Usually... So what we would like to do is about, sorry, just reading over here, um, good, we'll take a chizuk from Rivka, we'll definitely do that. Um, but go to recognize, I'm a big believer in vitamins, and I believe a lot of therapists are a big believer in vitamins. The issue that I have that I say over and over again is that by the time I get the case, it's not a time for vitamins. It's like, unfortunately, someone's in a car accident, and then we're going, okay, let's go to the general doctor. Let's go to the pediatrician. No, there's a car accident. You need hatsala. You need a rush. The person needs to rush to an emergency room. That's what's needed. It's not about the vitamin stage. I'm a believer in vitamins, but unfortunately, the cases that I get from most people, it's already more extreme. So that's most of the time why you're going to hear therapists push more for medication over vitamins. But I am a believer in taking vitamins along with the medication. I'm a big believer in that. And when you say therapist, talk, 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 we usually don't talk, 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 because if anyone's in private practice, you know that you need to show results or the clients will not stop, will not be coming back. If someone's coming to you four or five sessions, and that's why some people have a difficulty in private practice where they're used to some different settings where we're just holding the feelings, we're trying to help you be stable, we're trying to help you just get your emotions that's good, but in private practice, the person will not come back paying for that. Most of the time, they're going to want to start seeing more results, and therefore, it might be more involved. So I will tell you that in therapy process, I do not know talk, talk, talk process. I know result, result, result-oriented process. Sometimes you need to slow down the drop. So the person, not slow down As drop, sometimes you need to go where the person's at. But it's got to be focused and about the person, again, that you're saying that you're going to therapy and you're talking, you're starting to feel that nitty-gritty is about the family, that might be part of your work. That might be just what is going to be going on in therapy. We are going to go to line one to Rivka. You want to give Chizuk to the girl that we just had on that was blushing? Go ahead, Rivka. Please share with us. Hi, I want
7: to give my personal opinion.
6: Yes, I'm married. please do. I'm,
7: mar- I'm married. I have a couple of kids. And I always, when I had to go out public, uh, what it's a happen or whatever it was, I found myself flushed. I never identified. I never went into it. What I realized lately, I am going for therapy for different issues, just by doing more self-care and going into myself. Yes. I don't know what happened, but I could see that it's not there anymore. My self esteem did grow, yes. But I think that part of it, a lot of it, was because I gave myself more time just for myself, going into myself.
0: Excellent. So, what you say. So, I would
7: recommend that you just take time for, herself, talk for yourself, talk to yourself. Excellent. With time, it's going to fade.
0: Yes. Now, let's help it out. It's horrible.
7: I validate the feeling. It's a horrible thing. It's a horrible feeling. I used to go out to Simcha and My parents, my mother would ask me, what's happening? Why is your face so red? She would inflame it even more.
0: Yes. That's so true. That's the worst thing you can do to a person that's face turns red is go, why are you so red?
7: So I want to yes. give a chizik if you're going to work just...
0: So tell her how. Spend Let's time, start giving her the guidance. Spend
7: time with yourself.
0: Excellent. Define what that means, spend time find, with your teacher. What does find, that mean?
7: Identify your nature. Okay. Find, find the good things about yourself you do have.
0: Excellent. So number one is identify your nature. It's a little cool. Let's see, on my program, on the phone number is 718 in section one. And for those of you that want it in English, it's number 48 and 49. And in the section four, which is in Yiddish, for those of you that would like, it's number... 50 uh 49 and 50 i think so okay so now we'll identify your natures focus, then
7: focus on your positive, natures. positive.
0: so can you define focus. what positives means just to give an example that i'm smart i'm intelligent i can take care of the house i have friends what, what would you consider positive every,
7: per- every person has other different
0: positives okay so, so what would you defining say finding your
7: own positives what my positives, positives. Are?
0: how many positives would you recommend for her
7: how many to define as much as she she's able to. I know numbers. I'm not uh, okay. So
0: we're not giving any limits to numbers. Not Great. Not the
7: numbers. It's not the numbers. It's, it's rather the amount of time.
0: Okay. Excellent.
7: Just keep on doing it.
0: Yes. And would and you? And mm-hmm.
7: it's it's with time. It's the, you're gonna balance your negative natures and positive natures. That's what I found.
0: Excellent.
7: And I feel that's what helped me in my self-esteem.
0: In self-esteem. And how would you recommend you build self-esteem? I love when people call in those that have either overcome an issue and giving chizik to others. It's such a pleasure. So
7: what's the question again?
0: What can you do? How would you recommend for this person to build her self-esteem?
7: So it's a very it's a long process. My recommendation, I would tell her to start just to spend time with herself.
0: Okay, so the but first it, step is do that. See what's
7: painting her. See what's positive about her. Just give yourself some time. Talk to yourself. Listen to your brain. It's a it's a long process that I have. So. Excellent. I
0: feel that I can do it on air Chazak I appreciate you calling in and the chizak and the feedback and for those to listen those that are listening to know it can be overcome here we have Rifka that' has overcome it and done that and through taking time knowing yourself and building like your self-esteem of having your strengths thank you Rivka yes,
7: definitely definitely you should start because when you do overcome it it's, it's a fantastic excellent feeling in within you And if you can go around without it, then work on it.
0: Excellent. Thank you for that feedback. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Excellent. We are going to go to line two to Eliyahu. Eliyahu, you're on the air with Mordechai.
6: Hi. I called a few months ago about my my fear of being alone. I Um, remember
0: you, Eliyahu. I even remember you even imagined right at at Shema, Shishim Ish, right? Mhm. Is that you? So let's go ahead and let all the listeners listen to know what was your question. So first, share it with us. So you called in, and you, what was your question? Now, um,
6: I'm calling. I'm calling now because um, um i mean, because so I have a brother. I, I don't want to say which one that it's very, it's very hard for me. He does a lot of things that irritate me and bother me. And sometimes I lash out at him or I strike him or I scream at him. And then, and then I'm the one who gets punished. And then I, sometimes I also get punished. And I feel, like not sure he's the one who starts up and he's the one that's doing everything wrong. And I feel, and I feel that, It's not fair. Only he should be the one that gets punished. I think I'm
0: not doing anything wrong. Excellent. That is a fantastic question, Elio. Your question is that you are... You have a brother that annoys you, nags you, and then if you ever fight back with him or if you ever do something back to him for him to stop, you're the one that gets punished, and it's not fair. Right? Yeah, I know, because he...
6: Over the past few days, I learned how to tolerate him. But sometimes, I mean, even even with that, I learned how to tolerate still, still still, the moment, even though I learned how to tolerate a little bit. Wow, learned,
0: excellent. Uh, now, I remember that's... last time when you asked your question, your mother was around. Is your mother also still around? She gives you permission yes. to call in? Yes. Excellent. Is. Fantastic, Elio. It's really an honor. I got to tell you, you're very zeus. You're a cute boy-chickle. All right, so yeah. let's let's go ahead and help you out. Let's understand that this what is happening with your brother. We're going to take it first to you, and then we're going to take it to your parents. And what's happening is, imagine you're going to have people. You're going to get older. As you're going to get older, there are going to be more and more people that are going to try to do things. Either get you angry or take something. And if you're always going to hit back... What do you think is going to happen?
6: No one's gonna like me, and they're gonna say, "Oh, he has a very bad temper." And and I am no, and I don't want to be a son. Why should I? Because even even if I do, if I do something, if, if I do anything, he's gonna get mad. But That's right. I'm I'm working on I'm working on it, and I think I'm getting better. How are you working on that? it?
0: First, let's take it to you. What okay. are you doing? The, huh?
6: I still do the technique.
0: I know. Well, do the technique. First, tell me how you're working on it.
6: That I just think in my head. I, calm, I try to calm myself down. Like, it's okay. My mother. Uh, I, I just go. I tell my mother. Yes. I, t- I tell my mother. And then she does, whatever, she does something to him.
0: I'll um, also give you another technique. One of the techniques that we need to learn is that we want to give everyone the permission to have sometimes a bad day or a bad hour. That means that even me, I might sound now very calm and very energized, but maybe three hours from now when I'm going to fast, because I'm fasting now, I might all of a sudden get weak. And we want to let brothers, sisters, cousins have bad moments where they could be in a bad mood. Now imagine if he gets in a bad mood for whatever reason. He didn't eat well. He didn't do well on the test. He didn't sleep at night. Kids need sleep, and if they don't sleep well at night, they're very... That's
6: usually the problem, uh, when he gets very tired, he does like whatever he wants. That's right. He's, like he's
0: that's like angry right. and he that's
6: and right. He gets,
0: uh, like empty trash and so, so, so. That's it. And when kids are tired, they turn kvetchy, especially teenagers. So when you're gonna get older. Those parents are dealing with difficult teenagers. One of the most important things I tell the parents are: make sure your kid gets sleep. And it's the hardest, because teenagers always want to be up till 3, 4 in the morning, and then they want to get up at, like, for Shakras at 7 o'clock, and that's when we want to start studying, but it doesn't work. But when we are sleep-deprived, when we don't have enough sleep, we get very kvetchy. Now, imagine your brother is acting that way because he's tired, and now, if you're going to hit him back, or you're going to grab it back, what do you think will happen? Will it calm him down, or will it make a kvetchy person more kvetchy?
6: Um, uh, sometimes it'll make him more Kvetchy or it'll make him bother me more. That's so, right. Um, so and it, it doesn't, if, if I hit him or scream at him, it's, it's not going to right. help me.
0: So how would you feel if you know that when your brother is, gets into the Kvetchy mode, I call it like because of the, you know, the Cinderella t- story, like when they t- hit 12 o'clock, turns into a pumpkin. I sometimes use that term, like, now the person's a pumpkin. So, if we can realize that now your brother is not your sweet little brother. He's a tired, kvetchy kid. The first thing is, if you could just let go. If you go away from him, he'll find someone else to kvetch and to fight with in two minutes. Because when they're pained, when they're tired, they need to cry, and they need to make sure someone will help them cry. So if you don't do anything, let's say he grabs the pen out of your hand. You're doing homework and you're doing it right now and you just like freeze. You say nothing, you don't even respond, you don't even look at him. He'll try slapping you and let's say you stand up and you go away. In 1 minute or 2 minutes, he will do something else. He'll mess with someone else. And he'll leave you alone. You can go back to right back to what you're doing. Cause a fight, when someone's in pain, they need to be around people that are pained and people that are happy like being around people that are happy. That's step one. That's for you. If you can realize anything you will do when someone is like that will only make it worse. The step is to know he's why he's doing it, because he's tired, and now to create the, the strength to just stay quiet, don't say anything, and you will see within two minutes that he'll either calm down or he'll pick on someone else. I
6: know. It's also like sometimes... This past this past year, I had a very hard time with college, my, my rabbi, Like he get like something, there was a thought, like he he. I felt like he was giving and making me write too much. It was really I, I really mean too much. Like he was giving out like, I don't know like between like three to five sheets a day with like big ones, and it, it was very very hard for me. I had a very hard time, and he gave me like everybody like tough love like. Like he said he didn't scream. He said if you ha you have a chance of doing it or you'll go whatever. Like that's it that he made, he had like tough love. And and I I and I I I um I don't know, like uh, that's worse to me that is worse than when someone screams at me. Yes. I like
0: tough love. So I, tough love doesn't sound like love now. Tough love is not love. Tough love is supposed to be actually very gentle. Tough love is what? saying... I'm not. I'm saying, like, he says it in a calm voice. That's what I mean by tough love. Says
6: it in a calm voice. That gets me more uh, mad until someone screams at me.
0: But let like, me ask you something. Why does it bother you? What do you feel when someone gives you that calm voice, that tough love? I mean, like, I'd rather... Them- Explain why? Reason. Explain oh, it so. to me. What do you feel when it's a calm voice? If, well, you're, if, let's say, your father say, Elio, it's now time to go to bed. Wouldn't you like that rather than Elio, go to bed right now? i does mean, I have to tell you, I'm no more research, no, blah, blah, blah. Which would you I'd rather
6: that, yeah.
0: You'd rather that? Why? Because I don't. Top
6: love is like, one, I don't know why. I can't really explain the reason. I just, I don't like it.
3: Well, let's especially understand why. Son,
6: why? His... Elio,
0: help me out. I'd like to understand why. It's so cute. This is the first time I'm hearing it. I want to understand it. What exactly? When If if I would be answering your question by screaming at you, would you like that?
6: No. 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 That's, when you answer my question by... No, I'm talking about situations when he's upset at me. That that when ah, you like, oh, so when fuck. someone's
0: upset at you, they talk under that tone. Like sometimes when they, like you're they have that. right. Off. So let's that's understand that that so is mean... not tough love. I when you're Let's change the means... word. Tough love is saying, "I love you," and no, that's tough love. When someone is holding in their resentment, they're just not yelling. They're like doing it oh. from the inside. That is just like screaming. And yes, people say, kids say all the time, "I'd rather be yelled at." But don't ignore me. I'd rather be spoken to. I'd rather be yelled at. But don't manipulate. Don't lie to me. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm doing. Don't tell me I don't know what I'm hearing. That's well, the when big... You,
6: when you speak in a calm voice...
0: But let's not use uh-huh, the word calm uh-huh, voice. So Let's start. change the it's word the from calm to tense. Let's call it a low tense voice. Tension... Where we cannot acknowledge it's tense, hurts us more than when someone yells, because when they yell, at least we know they're upset and we're upset. But when they say, you better get over here right now, and I'm calm, and I'm not upset, the denial, the not knowing, the not being allowed to feel your emotions, to hear it, is exactly what you're saying. I'm so glad that you're saying that, Uh because I want parents to hear that. Kids would rather be yelled at than to be lied to when we're denying the emotion that we're actually using on them. Thank you, Eliel. Now let me give you another point of information. When you will be ignoring your brother, not getting into that, here is where you make up a system with your mother, with your parents the day before, and you tell them, look, when brother gets tired or kvetchy, when he turns into a pumpkin, then what we need to do is, what can we do that you will help me out? means you might have your parents try to stay around. You might try to be able to make things easier. But you might want to discuss it with your parents, that they could now start hanging around the dining room, homework time, playing time, food time at that area. But it's your parents' job to also deal with that. Just want you to be aware that your parents should be around and you should be able to tell to them. But when you hit back, the parents just hear the big screaming. The parents know that your brother is kvetchy, but it's t- either it's not bedtime yet or they don't want to, for whatever reason, they're not able to put him to sleep. But by you hitting him... They're feeling you're the adult, you should be holding yourself back. They will reward you for holding yourself back. But at the time of crisis, at the time when it's tense, they just want you to be older, and they will say, wow, we're so proud of you, Leo." after that. So you will get the reward. But what they're asking you to do is be the adult. All right? Sure, okay. Elio, it's such a pleasure having you, and thank you. By the way, just one question, just before we go to the next caller, how is your going to sleep at night? What do you What do
6: you mean? Like how my voice? Do you go to
0: sleep easily? Do you still think of the malachim, or does it happen easy now?
6: Yeah, I go no. When I go to sleep at night, when I, I'm Wait, not it was Shabbos, at night. I don't have a fear when I go to sleep at night. There's it was. No
0: it was on Shabbos, what was it?
6: Well, No, sometimes on, on Shabbos, like, sometimes I have to go upstairs to like, do something. Or right. sometimes
0: do you better. still have that LEO, or it got better since we spoke that time? It
6: got, got a little better. Got, it, I, I started to improve. Got, I love pretty. You're adorable
0: in- with how articulate you are, with how clear you are in each point. You're 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 amazing, Elio. You're a special boy. Thank you so
6: much. I really appreciate yeah, it.
0: Yeah, not many boys would be able to be so clear with your thoughts, and it's it's you're special. You. All right, Elio. Thank you for calling in and Hats Lacha. Thank
9: you.
0: My pleasure. Yes, we're gonna nice. go to Rachel from Lakewood. Rachel from Lakewood, you're on the air with Mordechai.
9: Yeah. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I'm actually the mother of the children who, who um, um, was referenced before. My husband called in asking about what to do with the neighbor who is really difficult and bullies my kids. So it really got me thinking because I mean, he really was asking it for me. I was too nervous, but um, like this the is amazing. Idea we have a whole of...
0: family over here. I like it. Thank you. <laughs>
9: Well, I'm trying to get to the bottom of this, though. Um, the idea of, like, teaching my kids to tolerate others, um, you know, boundaries, let's move our setting, That that's all really good. That's a great idea to solve it. But I know myself that, like, in the moment when he's coming and bullying, I get so triggered and I lose it. And I can't even, my kids sense it. There you go. Um, it, yeah, they, they, they sense all that energy. There and, you go. And,
0: you just hit it on the nail. Yeah. Now, how yeah, are we so, going to be able to teach our children something if we don't master that? And the good news is, we don't have to master everything. That's why the Rabbi Shalom put our children on the world that they've got to learn to master whatever we haven't finished teaching them. However, I'm so glad that you're bringing this up, especially for all our listeners, because I would say this is one of the most important Yesidus bits of information that we can do for our children. And that is when I get all these parenting questions, part of the reason why we're not taking it is because when we're taking those parenting questions, almost 9 out of 10 callers that we had, each of them, the parent either suffered from anxiety, this parent was reliving their childhood through their kids. They were being triggered that they don't have tools how to deal with bullying or people pushing them around. Now they're seeing it with their children. And one of the big secrets I guess I'll let out of the bag is that a large part of the parenting courses are, we teach you first how to do it to yourself. Once you can do it to yourself, once you have the tools that you are missing in your life, now you will be able to do it to your children, teach it to your children. So let's take exactly your point. When you see your kid being triggered, number one, you've already given away a lot about your past. So you've given away that you were bullied a lot. You're given away yep. that you weren't protected many times. Now I'm not saying mm-hmm. you don't have to say yes or no, because these are all my assumptions, you know, when I do that little reading without really knowing. So I've been wrong many times, right, most of the time. But, but let's just go into that. And what's happening is the greatest pain a parent can have is seeing their children go through that and be helpless. So the more connected we are to a person, the more we will relate to their pain. And since parents and children are so interconnected, we will now feel our children's pain. Children will feel their parents' pain. So many times do I need to work on married children, and part of the solution that their brain needs to say is, I need to see my parents shalom bias. And they're married for 20 years already. But saying I need to see my parents have shalom bias is integrated in children, that there is a connection there. We need to help to separate that to a healthy level. So now my recommendation will be to you is, What can you do to start learning emotional tolerance within your life when things don't go your way? And once you master it, so don't even try to teach it to your children until you have some level of mastery. You're never going to be done with it because I don't own, I don't know anyone that owns their emotions completely and they don't get triggered. I think that's only reserved to great Sadiq and that worked on it. And got there. Now I'm not saying that in a way that we shouldn't even strive to get there. We're meant to learn from our gedolim how to get there, but we need to start the process. If you would, what level would you rate yourself of your expertise of controlling your affect, your emotion, when someone is pushing you or controlling you, and you get triggered? From one to ten, ten the most. I would
9: say six. I worked very
0: hard on this. Excellent, but not how hard you're working, because we'll get there in a minute. How how strong are you mastered in that?
9: I would give it a six. A I'm six. able to give it your give it your time, um, understand my emotion in the moment, see the other person and see it's a child, I'm the adult. Okay.
0: okay. So yeah. if you mastered it a six, to me a six is a huge number. Then you can give over that six to your children already.
6: okay. Yeah, okay. I so, that would be my question I to you. How can I, you give them, over now
0: this information, this six to your children? What can you tell your children now?
9: Well, the word that popped out to me is, like, the 6 out of 10 is
6: you
0: don't have to be perfect and try. Well, right? if yeah. I remember the question, the question was that another kid comes from a messed up yep. background, so therefore this kid is full of pain, and whenever he plays the game, he's fighting, and there's a lot of strife coming on whenever this kid is involved. So what's right. the suggestion now? What will you teach your son? What tool can you do that you've mastered a 6? Because a 6, in my opinion, is a high number.
9: Okay.
0: How will like you, you do it? Before. Let's do it. Uh, we got, right. the, uh, huh?
9: Okay. What I do is like when like it happens between my own uh, families, I would, if I can't in a moment calm myself down and think logically, I need to walk away. Okay. So that's one.
0: Excellent. So you will now teach your son and role play with him walking away. So this pained kid comes, and now he messes up the game, messes up whatever you're playing, messes up your Lego. And instead of fighting back doing that, one step is walk away. Yes. What is the next suggestion?
9: So now this is the truth of the matter. The kid follows us and will even open our door. Um, It becomes a physical fight at that point. Now let's go ahead. Since we know
0: that's what this kid does, what's the next step that we do?
9: I don't know. I would take a big breath, call the mother. um.
0: Okay, even before that, one of the things that you do is, I'm a big believer in ignoring. People, uh, a fire can only burn if there's oxygen. Yes, you need wood, but you also need the air. Pulling a kid away or this or that only puts fuel. If we go, please leave the house, as of now we will completely ignore you until you come in or act or get permission to come in, and then you completely ignore him. He might try pinching. He might try hitting ones. And then you will go into a room even in your house. Again, like you said, the walking away, creating your space is important. Now, the next time this kid wants to play with your son or, or wants to interact, or you, one of the steps is also start locking your door, creating the safety over there. But when okay. you lock the door, it's teaching the kids we can say no. And if this kid wants to play, you go, even though now you're behaving, we cannot play with you. Until when I tell you, again, here's I feel I'm stuck getting into the parenting, you say this, I just, I don't even know how to give it to you, but I'll just say the words and I know you won't be able to implement it. But till saying we're going to practice walking into the house, when I say leave, you leave, when I say stop, you stop, you're going to start parenting anyone in your rea- in your relationship, in your area, you have the power to educate, and if not, you have the power to remove yourself from that but it's way too advanced on how to do that so again we're stuck into a parenting question now with skills how to parent a kid especially how do you parent a kid that's not your kid so it right. gets difficult so,
9: okay, let's let's go back to the idea that um we're triggered from our and past then if it's stuff. okay I'm going to
0: want to go because we've spent a lot of time so let's just take okay. this and um and then we're going to go to some next calls the number to call in is 718-683-5858 718-683 5858. Five, eight. So again, Rachel, what was the second part yep. of your question?
9: Just wondering if you have any quick solution to the fact that, you know, I could behaviorally, you know, work on the situation in the moment, you know, dealing with the kids. But when I'm triggered with something from my past, like bullying at my children, from my own past, is there any ideas of how to deal with that?
0: I'm a big believer in going self talk, which means let's take a tool from CBT. A tool from CBT, from cognitive behavioral therapy, is you might walk around with a little index card on you or a little something in your pocket, and you'll see, when I get triggered, this will remind me, and this will be my automatic response. When I start getting triggered in my past, I will ground myself and put my adult self now back in charge. Breathing is one of the systems. When you're starting to get emotional, you're going, uh-oh, the emotions are now going above that 6 or four, five, six. that's healthy. Now I got to stop. I got to. I got to change. I got to ground myself. We all get triggered. We all need feedback. And the more times we get the feedback, if you can even set up with a friend of yours, if like, let's say if you're living in a development or you're living in an area where there' someone else or someone that you're close with, you can tell the person, if you see me triggered, please tell me. I have that with one or two people that tell them, if you see me doing something, please you know tell me about it. And then I'll read I'll discuss that. I have now an associate that's working with me. And he put to my, to my attention some information about that we're doing with clients. And instead of going, how dare you tell me that, it's, I appreciate the feedback. Let's work on it. I might be wrong. I might not be. Let's, let's, let's think about that. So having someone around you as well is a very healthy step. Okay. Wow.
9: Thank you
0: so much your extensive answer and giving me so much time. Excellent. Okay. Thank you, Rachel, for calling in. We're going to take Khaila chayla on line one
3: okay Hi. how old are you chayla 10
0: 10 and is your mother or father around yeah excellent so they're letting you call let me hear your question chayla
3: um i have a friend who has a low self-esteem but like she always worries like about am i her friend and and I don't wanna be her friend anymore and she's and it bothers me like sometimes, you know, because it's annoying, right? It's of course.
0: so
3: I get annoyed and she thinks I'm not her friend and it's very hard. I don't know if I should be her friend. I mean, on one hand, like she she's like nice. I like her but but it gets annoying when she does that to me, you know.
0: Yeah. So let me ask you something, Chayla. Let's do something called role play. Role play means I will be the friend. Uh, oh, Let's do this way. I'll be Chayla and you be the friend. Tell me what it's like.
3: She goes, why are you playing with someone else? Oh, that means you don't want to be my friend anymore, right? Okay, I'll remember you.
0: Okay, so first let's deal. There are two ways of dealing with it. A, I'll be Chayla. So now, before we answer her, first I have to think now, Chayla. I need to know that when I'm going to get older, a lot of people are going to be doing that. That word is called manipulation. Manipulation means they make you feel bad for doing something that you're allowed to do. Which means, imagine I am drinking water because I'm thirsty, which I'm not doing today because it's a fast. But at least I'm a Tati, I'm fasting. So, but someone else also has water, but they don't want me to drink. Or they want me to do something else right now. And they tell you, you're drinking water. Only babies drink water. Now, what they're doing is they're making me feel bad for something. Am I allowed to drink water? Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's do something even more. Let's say I think right now the sun is shining. And they think it's cloudy or it's dark outside. Am I allowed to think that the sun is shining? Yeah. Are they allowed to think that it's cloudy or that it's dark outside? Yeah. Right. Everyone's allowed to have their thoughts. What manipulators do, they don't let you have your thoughts. It's only their thoughts. And if you think differently than them, they make you feel bad.
3: Yeah. Do you... Yeah? Also, like, when... Like, I have... I, I also want to be like, have a friend who cares about me, but I only have to be a friend for her problems. That's right. So
0: notice that when a girl makes us feel guilty, or anyone makes us feel guilty for something that is our right, the Rabbinic Shalom puts you down on this world with your name to your parents for you to do something very special. Now imagine you can't do anything without ever asking this girl permission. Do you think you will ever be anything? Imagine she has a leash on you. What she wants to do, she wants to put a leash like a doggie, like a little bow-wow. That's what this friend wants to do. She wants you to always be around her, to do whatever she wants, to speak, to play, whatever she wants. Does she want a friend or does she want a little pet puppy? She wants a puppy. That's right. Now, what we need to understand is there are so many people out there like this. Now, because they're very pained. But what we need to understand first, when this friend tells you that, to understand, they're allowed to try any which way to get you. But you're allowed to just be calm yourself. You're allowed to say, I hear what you say, if you even want to say that, but now I'm going to do what I'm doing. So try it with me. So I'm now going to do that on you. Chayala, you have to come with me. You have to be around me because I don't have any friends. It's a big mitzvah.
3: I hear what you're saying, but um, I, want, I want to do this now.
0: You're such a meanie.
3: Uh, I also have to take care about myself, not not only about you.
0: So you're so selfish? Yo, by the way, I'm being very tough. No, I, she might not be that tough. You're so selfish?
3: Um, it's... It's, I can't only think about myself, I also have to think about, I can't only think about, about you, I also have to think about
0: myself. You did amazing, Chayala. And now, I want to teach you a saying that I heard, it's a type of group, so I'm not going to tell you where, it's not important. But the word is as follows, no is a complete sentence. Which means... You don't always have to answer her, so I'm going to try it again and just say I don't want to right now. That's it, with no reasons. Okay. Kylo, you must be my friend. No, I don't want to. Good. Or let's try something else. Or you could do it maybe more gentler. Right now, I'm doing something else. Just respond that. Okay. Um, Kylo, I have no one. You're talking to three friends, and I didn't speak to one person today yet. you got to talk to me.
3: Right now, um,
0: I'm doing something else. But you have to. But um, you see, I'm doing
3: something
0: else, so. Excellent. And just repeat, but right now, I need to do something else. Okay. But right now, I need to do something else. Okay?
3: Yeah.
0: Now, let's think about the other girl a little. Now, when you have a girl that does that to you, what I'd recommend is if you can go over to the teacher and ask the teacher... Um, or not ask, really tell the teacher, you know, there's this girl, we'll call her whatever her name is, we'll call her, um, we'll call her mouse. A teacher, a mouse, doesn't have any friends, and she's really asking me, and she's really trying to be very tough on me. Um, maybe the teacher can help her with friends. I can play, I can be with her friend once a week, I can play with her, but I think the teacher should be aware of it
3: yeah also like she doesn't go to my school. she only comes for a camp and and so and we only see like by the school year we only see each other once a week on chavis and and but now I'm getting and she, like, but now she comes to the same camp as me, and she's she's getting me annoyed, you know That's
0: right. so one of the things you can tell her is we'll call her again Mouse just because I'm looking at the mouse from the computer, so that's where I thought of that. We can go mouse, you know. I know sometimes Shabbos, Shabbos, and we play, but in day camp, or we'll only be friends like once a week a little. Uh-huh. So this way you tell her once a week, if you'd like, you can set a boundary. I'm a very big believer in doing chesed and helping people and helping a friend make friends. So first you can tell the counselors. You can tell the the, the teachers, or let's say in the morning, And you can also, if you're comfortable, set the boundary when you will be her friend. So if she comes over to you, you go, today is not Monday. Or today isn't 2 o'clock. Now is not 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, we'll be friends for this period. There's a time to do chesed. I'm a very big believer in that. But you also learning how to say and to hold your own. You did unbelievable, Chayla. I don't know if I would have been able to do so well. In fact, I could tell you that's part of my weakness, that I have sessions on myself where it really does affect me. When I need to say no, and these people are asking, and please, and what did I do wrong? And why can't you? And it, it still affects me. You've done, I would even say, better than me. So it's a pleasure. And a still speaking to you, You're going to go very, very, very far. Okay. And you're very brave. Appreciate it. Know how strong you are. And your parents should continue having lots of nachis from you.
8: Thank
0: you. You're very welcome. Okay. We are going to go to Sarah. Sarah online, too.
8: Hello. Yes. Um, I'm calling from England.
0: Oh, nice to get another international European. Thank you.
8: Okay. Um, I have a question that I've been working uh, in a place for about five years now. I didn't
0: get you clearly. Just say it again. You've been?
8: Yes, yeah, sorry. I've been working in a, in a school for about five years Yes. Now, and I feel like there's no room to go up and also... Um, I'm just getting a bit fed up like some things I love about it and there's also some things that I really feel like I'd like a change yes and I've applied for another job which is a different type of job yes and there's like there are negative aspects to this job and I don't there are also some positives but I obviously don't know how it's going to play out you know and I don't know if I don't even know if I'm going to be accepted yet but I don't I feel like it's not good to leave a stable job for the unknown. On the other hand, like the idea of going back to this job, um, just makes me cringe. I just, I just don't want to go back. Excellent. And I'm just not sure what to do.
0: So first, let me start with a bracha. May you, Meretz Hashem, have hundred and twenty years of these unknowns. And let me tell you why. This unknown feeling that you have is what I call beginning stage. Beginning stage. Any time we do a beginner step stage step we will feel the unknown no one knows the future and i mean no one knows the future only navi hashem and few Tzaddikim in this generation and even they in their issue in their life will be blind because that otherwise how would you know what would be their job what would be their tough over here so Mm -hmm. not knowing the future is one of the biggest aviders that we have to do on this world And to be comfortable with the process means we're still growing. The day you stop learning something new is the day we really die, is the day that we get depressed, is the day our soul, our spirit, our happiness dies. Remember, as excited, as nervous as you are, are, it's the concept of Lifon Sara Agra, based on the pain you will have success. Going through the beginning process of unknowns and being able to then grow from that is what we're looking for. And that doesn't okay, mean so you will even, be successful in this place. It might be that this place could be horrible, and then you will then apply to the next job, but you will grow.
10: I
8: the, know. I'm just nervous about that because of course, so I, am I. I don't want to go down a slippery slope of you know, not so having a am job. So I. And,
0: Welcome to that. And the more times yeah. you do it, the more times you will be successful. So let me ask you, do you drive a bike?
8: No.
0: Okay. Um, do you this know how so to happens. bake?
8: Yeah. The
0: first time you baked, how what was it like?
8: I think I was about four years old, so okay, I don't remember, nervous? but I enjoyed it.
0: Okay, the first time now, <laughs> have you ever been given now a recipe that you didn't know to bake something? Yeah, I mean, I
8: can tell you, I've, I've, I've driven a car, I've learned to drive. Okay, like that's, just as nervous. good.
0: How did you feel the yeah. first time?
8: Yeah, I was nervous, but yeah. then it was fine.
0: Good, and how did you feel the first time, once you were feeling safe with a person standing next to you, especially I know in England... Like, you get for you guys to pass a road test, it's really hard. It's like months of work over there. You're taking, like, 30 lessons. In America, people do it even without, I should say, New York. People even do it without lessons. You know, you take one, mm-hmm. two, three, four lessons. But you guys, it's a ver- very serious lesson. But how did you feel the first time you drove, after you felt comfortable with the person in, how did you feel the first time you're driving without anyone in the car?
8: Well, to be honest right at the beginning i was so excited that i wasn't nervous after a few months i became nervous okay
0: but you got there has to be some fear the first time you're doing it alone and no one there
8: yeah it was a very different experience
0: of course you could be excited but you can still be nervous any Mm -hmm. step any step in life that you will be taking that's the unknown that you haven't done 20 times you will be nervous and what i find is people in this world we are so afraid we get older and we stop the growth process of change only when we're forced to. And we literally see their excitement of life go down in proportion to the beginnings, to the new beginnings that we're willing to do. My opinion, mm-hmm. at least. Right. So it's healthy. And just continue doing new processes, Merit Hashem, till 120. And the more times you do it, you want to create an anchor. You want to create a peg saying, look at this. I was nervous and I succeeded. I did another thing, I was nervous, and I succeeded. And another thing, and I was nervous, and I succeeded. And that's how you pull through.
8: It's and, happened before, yeah. It's definitely happened before that. Right. I've changed different things, and it's, and it's worked out. Um, yeah. But I just feel like I shouldn't be changing so many things in my life. But Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Thank you, Sarah, Thank for you calling much. him all the way from England. Merit to a 120 go through lots and lots of growths. That is the beauty. Oh, we are going to go now to line three to Rachel. Rachel, and then we're going to Mendel. We got a little kid, Mendel, next. Let's go to Rachel. Rachel, you're on the air with Mordechai. For those of you listening, actually, it was to do a little uh, heads up so people know who they're listening to. For those of you tuning in now, you're listening to your host, Mordechai Weinberger, LCSW. That's Mordechai Weinberger, licensed clinical social worker. We're here to take your questions or comments on this sad Shavasa Batamas day. And um looking forward to seeing what we can do. Rachel, you're on the air. Hello. Rachel. Hello. Yes, Rachel.
7: Yes, hi. I had a marriage question. Um, I wanted to know, sometimes when couples argue... Um, sometimes? A lot of times.
0: If we're married, we'll have a couple of those, but yeah.
7: Um, I find that, like... My husband tends to, like, shut down and can't talk about it. And I'm, like, I need to talk about it now. And I feel like I have to get it out. And he needs time. And how do you handle something like that?
0: First, let's recognize, welcome to the world of marriage. The <laughs> rabbinic Shalelam, in his infinite wisdom, searches the entire world. As we know, the Gemara says that most of the day he's busy, Isaac, in Zivugim, in Shadochem. He searches the entire world for a verbal person and then for a quiet person and 99% of the time put them together. And then he searches for an emotional person and then he takes someone else that is so not emotionally expressive or not emotionally at all and puts them together. And welcome to the world. Thank
2: you. Now that
0: we got that, and I can tell you, nine and a half out of ten marriages have that, you're healthy. And what I find is in my humble opinion, that we need to learn from our spouses. When we marry, it's meant for us to grow, not for us to change them our way. It's for them to change learning from us what they need to learn and us to change learning from them what we need to learn. Notice the difference. It's Mm -hmm. not us changing them and then changing us. It's me looking at my wife and saying, what lesson does she have that drives me nuts, but I need to learn to master that. And I can tell you a large part, tremendous part of where I am today is from the lessons that I've learned from my wife, clearly, without a doubt. So let's understand. So I would ask you now if you are the verbal person you have to get out of, your husband isn't, what mm-hmm. lesson do you need to learn to master?
1: I guess to be patient.
0: Yes. And do you find it? As a single girl, you also had a little bit impatience?
1: No, actually, I, f- I, f- I feel like I'm a very patient person.
0: Very patient when you say everything you need to say.
7: No, I, I, can, I can wait. It's not a problem for me, but sometimes I-, I even feel like it's too long.
0: Now, how long is by you too long?
7: Um, I don't know, an hour, two
0: hours? Now, how about two days?
7: That
0: No, that's way ah, really exactly. Now, let me ask you as a girl, what happens if you had to wait a day for something or two days for something? How were you?
1: Um,
0: I guess I'm patient. Exactly. So when you say you're a patient person, it's all relative based on your perception of yourself. That's why the Rabbani Shalom has us being married to an outside person, which has an entirely different set of values, and to your husband... Patience means a day. Let me sleep it over. Let me think about it. It might even be a week. So your husband might say, okay, you want to discuss this issue, what we're going to be doing in Chalameid, or what you are going to be doing on, on Matzah Shabbos or Shabbos Nachamo. We have four weeks to go. Give me three days, four days to think about it, and then we can begin to discuss it.
7: What if it's something that has to be handled like
0: right away? And that I- is exactly, possibly, what maybe the Rabbani would like you to learn. That many times there aren't answers to the right now. In my therapy practice, I had to learn that the sad, sad way. There are many times people coming in with situations that they're asking me to heal. We've had one or two of those texts coming in over here that I'm thinking, wow, it's such a question, but that takes the Rabbani Shalom to answer that, not me. Mm-hmm. Not a boss of a dumb and maybe that's what you might need to learn that if a question needs to be answered now and there isn't an answer or because you're part of a team and you're not able to the answer is not now i wonder how would your life be if you would learn to master that concept not now it's hard oh but how would your life how would your life look if you would master that i guess peaceful exactly so the rabbi nishlelem marries a false marries us off to our opposites specifically for us to learn from them but not saying i will teach my husband and my husband will teach me it's i need to look at my husband what lesson do i need to master my husband will look at me and say what do i need to master or in my cases i need to look at my wife and say what lessons do i need to master from her now if my wife's listening please do me a favor and think, what do I need to learn from my husband? I would so greatly appreciate that, but we're not going into that right now. All right, Rachel, yes. does that answer your question?
1: Yes, thank you. You're
0: very welcome, and welcome to the world of marriage. Marriage Hashem, may you be zeichet have 120 years. Well, let's make the assumption okay. of getting married after 20, so 100 years of growth, learning, and continuously. And by the way, just for you to realize, couples that do this After 20, 30 years, people start saying, you know, they're so similar, they're so alike. I guarantee you they were never similar, or never alike, or the Rebbein did not put them together. But they've learned to to each other's styles. Each one has grown their way that after 30, 40 years of understanding and being a balanced person, we get to that level. All right, Rachel, thanks a lot. We are going to go to Mendel, Mendel on line 5. Mendel, you're on the air with Mordechai. Okay. What a special treat. We haven't had kids calling in for months, and I love when we have a mix of adults and kids calling. Thank um, you for calling, Mendel.
10: Welcome.
0: It's probably because it's a tightness and kids are home early. Yeah.
10: Okay. Um, so basically I have a um, counselor that...
0: Mendel, how old are you? Um, nine. Nine. And your mommy and tati are around the phone that they let you call?
10: Yeah.
0: Excellent. Very good. Just want to make sure. I have a
10: counselor and, um, um, and, um, and he, he makes fun of, um, me and my
0: cousin. He makes fun of you and your cousin? That's what your counselor does?
10: Yeah. Um, he has, um... Kid in his bunk um and he said said to him that he has three mafias in his in his bunk, and
0: I want to say, he has, has a kid in his bunk that has
10: um he has three kids in his bunk that that are mafias
0: that are mud
10: mafias
0: mafias. Oh, how are they a mafia?
10: Um, he said because two of them are Russian. That's me and my cousin. And then there's another Israeli kid that that's in our bunk and he said he says Israeli always wins. So
0: Israelis always win, so they fight a lot.
10: Yeah. And
0: what does your counselor do when you tell your counselor about this?
10: Um um he 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 says um that he said that that because because everybody votes for the for the Israeli. So
0: So your counselor how old is your counselor?
10: Sixteen.
0: Sixteen. So I'm gonna say something that's not so nice to say but sixteen year olds are very young. That means he might not have the tools how to deal with it when you've got some leaders in a class and these kids are, let's say, running the show and he doesn't know how to break it. So let me share with you some advice, some suggestions. Number one, you're a very brave boy. You need to know that. You're calling up. You're calling up to a radio. So many people are listening and you're brave to do that. That takes strength. Know that you are a leader. Know that. Are you a leader, Mendel?
10: Yeah.
0: Are you someone that can do what has to get done? Yeah. Good. Now, what the next step is, even though Israelis are very strong, they love saying things like that, but the fact is that many times people say things and people just believe it because they say it. And the guy might not even be so strong. What my first recommendation is, is to start getting... Not just you and your cousin, but can you get two more friends on your team? So when you guys do something, it's you four together. You see, people are afraid of groups. That's why these mafias always pick on the individual, pick on the weak. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. So what would happen if you have three or four friends with you now? So it's you, your cousin, and two more friends. Do you think he's going to start up with him? With no. you? Or he knows, Hey, the other three boys are going to come. Um, he's not gonna That's right. That is the power of a group. Now, let's go to the next point that you can do. The next point is for you to recognize, for you to be a strong person. That is, what can you do when they tell you they're strong for you not to believe that they're strong? For you to start thinking about yourself. I am strong. I don't know. Think about it. So, how about thinking I can call up to the radio? I help my mommy and my tati when they need certain things. We want you to start making a list of ten things that you're strong at. You can study ten things that make you happy. Because when you always have these people, these mafias, one of the things that these bullying do, that these bullies do, is they knock you down. You're stupid. No one likes you. I'm stronger. You're the biggest weakling in the world. No one is your friend. Um, You stink at sports, even though they're worse than you. But they'll make comments. That's what these people do. Right? Yeah. We want to combat that. We want to fight that with positives about myself. So I am smart. I know how to learn. My counselor likes me. My rebbe likes me. My parents like me. I like me. I can build Legos. I can play with my toys. I have a lot of friends that we can get along with. I can swim. I learn I study before a test. These are all strengths that you want to say over and over to yourself. Just like when little kids bring in mitzvah notes, we want to have mitzvah notes, but more confident notes about ourselves if we can have that. Now, another point to realize also about bullying is when you have the three, four guys, sometimes if you speak to this boy alone privately, let's call him Shuki, because that's like an Israeli name. You can go Shuki one-on-one sometimes, or maybe you and your cousin go up to Shuki and say, Shuki, could you not fight with us? I, it bothers me a little. And sometimes when you go one-on-one to someone, not when he's in a group, not when he's doing it, after day camp, at recess, at a break, and tell him, you know, it bothers me, or it bothers us, sometimes they listen. Sometimes it goes in. Think you can do that? Yeah. You think it might work? I think so. Excellent. So we've got time for one more caller. The number to call in is 718-683-5858, 718-683-5858. And looking forward to taking your question or comment. Here we've got a... um, I'm going to leave out something, but how do you discipline a child that's almost bar mitzvah and is on the Internet, even if you don't have Internet at home? And this is again now an a question, which is how do we teach our kids values that they should be able to do what we are teaching them when we are not around them? If Chinuch is standing there with a stick where we're beating up our kids, where our kids are afraid to do something because we're there, what will happen when we're not there? Question one. What will happen when we marry them off and now they're completely on their own building up their house and all they're worried about is that fear of our emotions? That is what we need to be aware of. That is what we need to work on. How to do it? So that is again a chinuch question. Um, hi, I'm 20 and I have a friend I'm extremely close with. I think about her all day. I don't think it's so healthy. What should I do? I'm not sure. The question is the question is that you don't have a self-esteem, so you're not being with yourself. We see, by the way, people are calling in. We see it lighting up, and we're getting disconnected. So please call and stay on. We've had that a lot. 718-683-5858. So again, we got all the lights lighting up, and then we're losing you. So just stay on. Stay on, and let's go ahead and and take your questions. Uh, Here we got over here. In regards to Fager question about mistakes, I have no problem making them. It's sometimes, then, when I make them, people around me are not accepting of the mistakes, which cause me to not want to make mistakes because I won't be accepting of my mistakes. That sounds so confusing. We're going to go to Devorah. Basically, if you're still uncomfortable making mistakes, because of what others will say, that's part of making the mistake process that you need to learn to master. And um, if you call in, or probably next week, Merit we will try to help you out. Devorah, you're on the air with Mordechai on line one.
11: Um, I have a daughter who's, who's um, like fifth grade age. Very unhappy because there were bullies. There were girls who were in her class who were, like, constantly, like, say, always saying negative things. Like So it was, like, bullying her. And other girls would, wouldn't would want to be bullied themselves, so they joined those bullies. So we wanted her to stay in this particular school because it's nearby and we like the chinook that they provide. So... Because she's a little bit younger than the rest of them, she was able to fit in to the lower grade. She didn't mind to be in a lower class, because there's only one class per grade in each, in each, uh, in this school, because it's a very small school. So she was in the fourth grade this whole year, even though she would have been in the grade. Okay. And... Now, this year she's complaining again that there were another couple bullies, and that's she, right. It feels bad. I am unhappy usually not a big to
0: fan. Breath,
11: she used to love school,
0: Thank now- you, Devora, for the information. I am not a big fan in changing kids' schools because they're bullied unless you've done the other steps first, which is we've given the kids the tools how to deal with bullying because bullying. I want to change the word bullying that we call today, and that is someone that is assertive or a leadership nature, and there's a kid that is shy or quiet or keeps to themselves. Now, a leader nature will say things. A leader nature will sometimes even be tough. And what we need to learn is we need to learn how we don't get triggered by a leader nature. Let's not label kids bullying when they are leaders. That's very important. And what it sounds like is your daughter does not have the tools how to deal with kids that are assertive. Correct?
6: She
11: always answers
0: back to them. Well, yelling back and hitting back.
11: No, not hitting. She answers back. I I am just doing
0: it for the awareness of the listeners. Talking back is not... It's one of the tools. It's not the tool. And she might need to know some different tools how not to answer back. She might need to learn how to make other friends. There might be a lot more that's needed than just that one tool. So oh. what I would recommend is to the a book. I know sometimes in farm stores they have on how to deal with bullying. They have a book. I've seen that book around. And um, maybe just to find out if there's a social skills group or find out if there's someone in the school that she can speak to that will just help her out with that, just give her the skills or the tools how to deal with that. I know I have a program on my phone line. I'm not sure exactly which number it is, but uh, a program on bullying, which can help out some of those. Okay. So I'd like to thank you for calling in. I'd like to thank all our listeners for listening mm-hmm. in this week. And I want to apologize to... Um, to Who was it on line one that we won't be able to take your caller just due to time? Sorry. So thank you. Please call in next week, Mert Shem, and we will take your question. For everyone, Meretze may we be Zeicha, that still for this Tishabov, we should be together with Mashiach Tzidkainu and everything should work out for the best. Have an easy fast for those of you that are fasting and looking forward to taking your question and comment next week. We'll see you at the Shemaya. We should all be safe and have Upsurus Tavus by next week.